Well, this is just getting repetitive now. Former Nissan boss Carlos Ghosn has been arrested yet again for the fourth time by Tokyo prosecutors. As we reported last week, a whole new era in Japan begins on May 1st. People are excited and it finally has a name. Reiwa. We'll tell you what it means coming up. A new Japanese labor law comes into force, capping company work hours in a bid to curb the notorious karoshi, or death from overwork. The Japan Tourism Agency conducted a survey of transit and tourist websites here and found some rather odd machine translations. The English for tourists is not looking good at this point. A teacher in Yamaguchi Prefecture forcibly shaved the head of a male student because his hair was too long. Now, students and parents want him cut. All this plus Japan Today readers' comments and commentary, so stick around. Hi, and welcome to Japan This Week, a quick recap of stories we've been following on the Japan Today website for April 5th, 2019. I'm Jeff Richards. Thanks for joining us, and let's get right to some of our top headlines. Well, Carlos Ghosn's legal troubles just keep piling up. In our first story, out of the crime section, the 65-year-old former Nissan Motors chairman was rearrested Thursday, the fourth time he has been arrested in Japan. The new arrest warrant was served for an allegation of aggravated breach of trust. Gone, who had been released on March 6th, was taken back to the Tokyo Detention Center in a vehicle from the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office that had arrived at his apartment in Tokyo after 6 a.m. In a statement sent by a U.S.-based spokesman, Gone said, My arrest this morning is outrageous and arbitrary. It is part of another attempt by some individuals at Nissan to silence me by misleading the prosecutors. I am innocent of the groundless charges and accusations against me. Now, the arrest came just a day after Gon made a surprise announcement on Twitter that he would hold his first press conference since being released on April 11th to tell the truth about what's happening. The latest charge is that Gon caused Nissan a loss of $5 million by having Nissan's subsidiary in the United Arab Emirates pay an Omani distributor a total of $15 million between December 2015 and July 2018. Part of that, it's alleged by prosecutors, was transferred to a savings account over which Gon had effective possession. Some of the funds were allegedly transferred via the firm Good Faith Investments, run by a senior official of the distributor to a company represented by Gon's wife. This money may have been spent to purchase a luxury yacht for the use of Gon's family and other items, according to the sources. Let's hear from Japan Today readers. Iron Sword calls it a disgusting farce. The so-called prosecutors just want to stop Gon telling the truth to the world at the press conference. Well, that's pretty obvious. Kieran Stavik says, I don't know whether he's innocent or guilty of the charges at hand, but the lack of transparency in Japan's legal system make it very difficult to find the truth in the whole matter. If this all goes to trial, I doubt it will be a fair one regardless of his actual guilt or innocence. And from Mr. Q, I get the hostility toward the Japanese criminal justice system, but given its heavy-handed methods, it still doesn't mean that Gon is innocent of any of these crimes. He's being charged with funneling a massive amount of money from the company to his family. Sounds like something that needs to be investigated to me. 
Well, I tend to agree with both of those comments. We do not know whether Carlos Ghosn is innocent or guilty. That should come out in a court of law. And it does seem that they're trying to silence him and keep him from speaking. On the other hand, it is pretty heavy-handed treatment for a person who salvaged the Nissan Motor Company from near bankruptcy. What do you think? Visit the story or reach out to us at podcast at japantoday.com and let us know. Well, in national news, a story that has been across every television screen and newspaper front page in the nation for the last week. As we mentioned on the last episode of this podcast, a new era will begin in Japan on May 1st, when Crown Prince Naruhito ascends the throne after his father, Emperor Akihito, abdicates on April 30th in just a few short weeks. The long-awaited new era name, Reiwa, was finally announced on April 1st and immediately had Japanese and non-Japanese alike wondering what the two Chinese characters meant. To clarify the name choice, the government issued an official translation on Thursday saying that it means, quote, beautiful harmony, end quote. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe said the name was taken from an ancient Japanese book of poetry called the Manyoshu. He said the name suggests that culture is born and nurtured as the people's hearts are beautifully drawn together. Well, if that sounds a bit flowery, that's because it is. A foreign ministry official said Rewa also refers to the beauty of plum blossoms after a tough winter. However, some experts said the first Chinese character, Rei, today is most widely thought to mean order or command with an authoritarian tone. The second character means peace or harmony. Kazuto Hongo, a University of Tokyo historian, said, the name sounds as if we are ordered to achieve peace. Well, the new era's characters, or the name at least, also mean big money for businesses. Just minutes after the name was announced, companies began cashing in on it with products. Products ranging from cupcakes, keychains, stickers, smartphone covers, t-shirts, pins, tin sake cups, and Coca-Cola bottles to a burger costing 100,000 yen, that's about 1,000 US dollars, in honor of the next emperor. Several restaurants have also pledged to offer free meals to people whose first or last names use the same characters as Rewa. Japan Today readers weigh in. Bill Fryer suggests, It might have been nice if the Japanese people had been allowed to vote on the name themselves rather than this obscure name being selected selfishly by a few elites. True, Bill, that might have been nice, but with all the secrecy, pomp, and circumstance around this royal lineage, never gonna happen. Zone to Surf comments, In the end, Rewa will be defined by the events that occur within the era, regardless of the meaning of the term. That is absolutely correct. No matter what the name the era is given before it starts, it will be the events that occur during the Emperor's reign that come to be associated with Rewa. And as for the merchandising, Dadud says, Now those Coca-Cola bottles are selling for a pretty penny on Yahoo, enough to fly round trip to Tokyo from Osaka with a hotel stay. Man, I wish I knew ahead of time. Well, don't we all, the dude? Don't we all? Well, turning to politics, 
Aside from a new era name being announced, a new labor reform law came into force on April 1st. It sets a legal cap on work hours in a bid to change Japan's notorious overwork culture blamed for causing sickness and even death. The new law limits overtime to 45 hours a month and 360 hours a year in principle. The monthly cap can be extended in busy periods for up to six months a year. Companies that violate the rules face a fine of 300,000 yen. That's about $2,600 US. The monthly cap can be extended in busy periods, though, for up to six months a year. Companies that then violate the rules will face a fine of 300,000 yen. That's about $2,600. As the labor shortage is more severe in certain sectors than in others, construction workers, taxi and truck drivers, as well as doctors will be exempted from the monthly cap for five years. Such exemptions have already raised concerns that smaller companies will be forced to bear the brunt of big companies cutting their own employees' overtime work. While critics say it's uncertain whether imposition of the legal cap will drastically change the deeply rooted overwork culture here. Just looking at fiscal 2017, Japan had 190 deaths from overwork called karoshi in Japanese, including suicides according to government data. Japan Today readers are obviously quite skeptical. Oya Toy observes, They can go on passing emasculated laws and guidelines all they like. The reality is that it's just a sop to let people think they're serious about addressing the situation, knowing full well that apart from a very brave few, the majority will fall into line and not rock the boat. Dango Bong says, Companies here make you do undocumented overtime, of which there is no record. And Save the Gaijin adds his own two yen's worth. Let's just translate this, shall we? You're still going to work the same amount of hours, if not more, but we're only going to pay you for 45 hours overtime a month, max. Well, all three of those comments seem to sum up the situation, and junior employees at companies most certainly will put in whatever unpaid overtime is required. Remember, Japan is not a very big take-this-job-and-shove-it culture. How much overtime do you work a month, and how much of it is paid? And are you in Japan, or are you overseas? Let us know in the comments on the story, or send us an email to podcast at japantoday.com. In more national news, let's turn to travel and tourism for a minute. The Forgotten Center, instead of Lost and Found, is just one of the English mistranslations discovered on websites that may puzzle foreign visitors to Japan. And the government wants operators to fix such problems as quickly as possible. With the country readying itself for an influx of more foreign tourists ahead of next year's Olympics, the Japan Tourism Agency conducted a survey this February and March, looking through a total of 85 websites by train and bus operators as well as transportation signs in major towns and cities. Peculiar English words were found on some websites where direct machine translations were used. And... Some other problems were also found. How about dwarf used for children? Or release place for ticket machines? The agency also found that translations of some sentences were confusing or even incomprehensible. A good example? I quote, What happens to the children fare from what age? Which I guess is a sign talking about children's ticket prices. I don't know. Unnatural direct translations and mistranslations from Japanese frequently crop up in the news and social media. 
The operator of a subway system in Osaka recently gained global attention when its English website carried a number of odd translations for train lines and stations as a result of automatic translation. The name of the Sakai Suji line was translated as Sakai Muscle Line. The Japanese word Suji in the name means street, but the Chinese character also has the meaning of muscle. Travelers were also amused to be taken to stations called Powerhouse Town, Daikoku Kucho, and World Tea House, Tengachaya, among others. Japan Today readers were amused, to say the least. Inspector Gadget remarks, This still drives me nuts. Companies are willing to spend thousands, if not millions of yen on large signs and upgrading websites, etc., but not willing to spend significantly less than that on a native language speaker to make some basic changes. I agree. Farm Boy's favorite example is a train station sign that reads, For restrooms, go back toward your behind. <laughs> he adds, Google Translate is getting better though, so enjoy these things while they last. And Sakura Suki says, This is just the tip of the iceberg. These weird translations can be found pretty easily on any website, document, or sign that belongs to any big Japanese corporation or Japanese government agency. Well, this is all true, and it does cause me to giggle from time to time. The English.com website, that is English, E-N-G-R-I-S-H, has become internationally infamous for users posting their photos of mangled English as they see them in their travels across Asia. But for a country as determined to be perfect as Japan is, having native English speakers at least proofreading major signs is, well, it's just a no-brainer. That's the editor and me coming out there, though. What do you think? Send us a comment or some of your favorite English photos to podcast at japantoday.com. Much like everywhere else in the world, teachers here in Japan often make the news for all of the wrong reasons, such as bullying and verbally abusing their students. This week, a local board of education in Yamaguchi Prefecture revealed that a male teacher in his 40s grabbed an electric hair clipper and gave one of his first-year male students a buzz cut, causing the boy to take a leave of absence from school shortly after. The incident happened last autumn at Kudamatsu Technical High School. When approached by the principal in December, the teacher claimed he did it because the boy's hair was too long. But it seemed the problem ran much deeper, as he had often hurled verbal abuse at his homeroom class, calling them morons, idiots, and stupid, all of which earned him a stern reprimand from the principal. When classes resumed in January, the teacher's personality had apparently changed for the better, so the principal didn't report his behavior to the Board of Education. But all 40 pupils of that class and their parents hadn't forgotten that he had forcibly cut someone's hair. They submitted a petition to the school board in February calling for his disciplinary dismissal. The Board of Education said in March the teacher has since apologized to students and parents, but he wasn't fired. This month, he was shifted from being a homeroom teacher to being just an assistant teacher. Japan Today readers think the teacher got off way too easily. Yubaru says of the Education Board's response that it's, quote, condescending. How about the board taking responsibility and everyone, including the teacher, principal, and all involved, taking out the clippers and giving themselves a buzz cut, end quote. Chris Piss says, surely this is an assault on a child, not to mention barbers are being denied business. 
And from Bertie Wooster, it doesn't matter what this guy's qualifications are, his behavior is unacceptable. He is not a teacher. Yeah, it's, it's truly maddening and quite shameful behavior that we see happening at schools across Japan uh, quite often during the year, forcing girls to who don't have black hair to dye their hair black. But it also happens elsewhere. I'm reminded of the dreadlocked student wrestler who was forced to cut his dreadlocks off in New Jersey. Still, this one seems a little over the top. I'm not sure about these teachers, but maybe they're just going mad with power over their charges. I don't know. Perhaps this teacher should have just asked if students wanted buzz cuts, set up a little chair in the student cafeteria, charged a few bucks, and give it all to charity. I don't know. It must have been horrific for the kid, though. What do you think? What's the most crazy thing that a teacher has done to a student in your school? Let us know in comments on the story, or send us an email to podcast at japantoday.com. And that was a quick recap of the news from Japan This Week for Friday, April 5th, 2019. Thanks to the Japan Today editors for curating this week's stories, and thanks to all of you, our listeners, for continuing to tune in. You can find links to all the news mentioned in this podcast in the show notes, and, you know, news from Japan never stops, so you can, and you should, visit the Japan Today website at any time at japantoday.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at at japantoday for all the breaking stories, or Follow us on Instagram at, at @japantodaynews. Help us out by sharing the JTW podcast with your friends and others who are interested in Japan's current events. And hey, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcast. Thanks. From the Japan Today newsroom at G Plus Media in Tokyo, I'm Jeff Richards, and join us again next week with a quick recap of Japan's biggest and smallest stories. Sayonara, folks. <laughs>